yeah, we're 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 sort of a pariah amongst civilizations. Like we, you know, there may be others that 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 do what we do, but there's not very many. And 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 we're sort of a very advanced stage in terms of technology. Like we can, we we, we travel to Mars or we send you know robots to Mars. We're soon going to be landing people there and on the moon again. Eventually, he said we'll learn how to travel between the stars. So so we're fairly advanced. And so that's that's the the unusual thing about us is that advanced technology, but our spiritual and emotional intelligence hasn't kept pace. So we're still, in some respects, we're still way back in the dark ages uh, in terms of emotional and spiritual intelligence, but we have very advanced technology. So it's kind of a, a disconnect. And hopefully we can catch up with our spiritual and emotional intelligence to, to sort of match our technological achievements. And then that's where we should be. Yeah. Welcome to the Inner Sanctum online group sessions with Karen Swain. This recording is some highlights from our two to three hour online sessions where I teach deliberate creation each week and once and sometimes twice a month we invite a guest teacher to share their wisdom and their work and we can quiz them and we have a lovely time. Enjoy the highlights and if you'd like to join us please go to karenswain.com slash Inner Sanctum and sign up. Hello and welcome to the Inner Sanctum with our very special guest, Garnet Schulhauser, all the way in Canada. Welcome, Garnet. Welcome to the group. Thanks, Karen. Thanks for having me again. I look forward to the what unfolds out, you know, after here. I'm eager. I'm eager. I'm eager too. So Garnet's been on the show three times. He's been with us in the Inner Sanctum three times before so this will be your seventh time with me online me and the tribe online and uh, we were just chatting before i turned on the recording uh, about you know what's been going on with garnet and we'll go over that but let me just read a little bit of your bio there's one person at least one person online with me now that doesn't know too much about garnet once a conservative catholic corporate lawyer garnet schulhauser has had some extraordinary out-of-body experiences throughout the cosmos after he was stopped in the street by a homeless man back in 2007 wasn't it 2007 yes yes this homeless man turned out to be his spiritual guide albert who calls himself albert who manifested in a physical appearance to awaken garnet to his mission here on earth to enlighten and awaken humanity Albert showed Garnet many untold truths and mysteries about our world, the universe, and beyond. He asked Garnet to write it all down uh, to help humanity evolve and awaken to a, a new era of civilization. Listen to Garnet's amazing astral body adventures with Albert and how, oh, this is something that I wrote on underneath one of your um, interviews. Uh, Albert, how they gained incredible insights from other realms of existences and from many spirit beings and about how to help planet Earth and humanity thrive, evolve and survive these turbulent times. So for the benefit of Laddie, uh, do you want to go briefly or, uh, you know, what happened in the beginning? Just how Albert introduced himself to you? Sure. It was still, as, as you said, in 2007, I was still practicing law in Calgary. And I was walking down the street one sunny afternoon in May, and all of a sudden the homeless man just jumped right in front of me and stopped me in my tracks. And he looked like a typical homeless man with like long stringy hair and scraggly beard and dirty slept in clothes. But I didn't go around him because he had these amazing, dazzling, sparkling blue eyes. 
and his, his blue eyes seemed to penetrate right into me, right down to the depths of my soul. And I sensed that he knew everything about me, everything I've ever said or done in my life, you know, in this journey, which was strange because we'd never met before. Uh, but I didn't feel violated because at the same time, he was sending me this wave of pure, unconditional love is the best way I can describe it. It just, it was infusing my whole body with an amazing sense of peace, security, well-being. It was the most amazing feeling I've ever felt. And so I was like a deer caught in the headlights. I just stood there until he broke the spell by saying to me, why are you here? And then he promptly disappeared into a nearby store. Well, when I finally collected my wits, which I don't know, it may have taken several hours, I don't know. <laughs> I went into the store to find him, uh, and, but he was nowhere to be seen. And I walked back out on the street and walked up and down for several blocks, hoping to find him, but he had disappeared into thin air. So that night, I, as I went back home, I resolved that I would go back to that same place the next day to see if I can find him. So I did, same street, same time of day, hoping to find him. I walked around up and down the streets for about 15, 20 minutes, about to lose hope when I saw him sitting all alone on a bench. So I went up to him and I said, who are you and why did you stop me the other day? And he said, well, I'm a soul just like you. I'm here to help you on your journey and answer your questions. So anyway, that, that was the beginning. So I sat down on the bench and had a conversation with him. And that was the beginning of a dialogue that went off and on with him for several months. He told me early on that his name was Albert. He was one of my spirit guides. Um, and uh, he had come to answer my questions. And then he said, but I'm not just here to satisfy your curiosity. I want you to write a book about what I revealed to you so that everyone can have access to my revelations. So, which sort of took me aback because I never even dreamed of, reading, of writing a book. Um, in any event, so uh, the first three times I've met him, he, was, he manifested to himself to me in physical form, but he told me after that I was the only one who could see him. And I could, I could see him, I could touch him, he felt solid. And he said that if somebody had been walking by the bench that day when I was talking to Albert, they would have seen me sitting all alone talking to myself because they couldn't see Albert. In any event, and after the first three times and he just communicated, uh, he was just the voice in my head, he communicated with me by telepathy. Um, and so uh, when we finished sort of all the material for the first time, he, I was still reluctant to write my book, uh, but with, with some gentle persuasion and the occasional hit over the head with a two by four, he managed to convince me to write the manuscript and find a publisher, which I did. Um, and then, so that was my first book, Dancing on a Stamp. And then after he, he disappeared from my life for a little while, and then he came back again in a much different format. Um, I was sleeping in my bed. I woke up, I must've heard a sound, I don't know what. And I saw this ghost-like ethereal figure standing in the doorway of my bedroom. And uh, when it got closer, I could see it was my old friend, Albert, but he was now in astral form. And I said, well, Albert, what brings you here? What's, what's happening? And he said, well, I decided to come and take you on some uh, astral trips, some out-of-body adventures to the spirit side, to other places in the universe, other places on earth, because I want you to write about what you see and hear in your next books. Because he said, I think a picture is worth a thousand words. So, okay, I just, fine. So he, he literally reached out and grabbed my astral arm, pulled my astral body out of my physical body. And I turned around and looked and my physical body was still sound asleep in bed. And so then I said, okay, lead the way, Albert. And he, we rose up through the ceiling. When you're in astral form, you just pass through solid walls like there's, they're not even there. Um, and, and we went up uh, high above our planet. He let me stop and we turned around. I turned around and looked at our beautiful planet. And from that perspective, just an amazing sight. It's a sight that everyone hopefully someday will see because our, our planet is really very beautiful from that perspective. It's like a, a pendant, you know, it's 
shining in the inky blackness of space. Uh, and anyway, so then the next step was to go, he took me into the spirit side and, and from there we went to a bunch of different adventures. And so that was my second book, um, Dancing Forever with Spirit. He came back again for more adventures in my third book, Dance of Heavenly Bliss. And then again in my fourth book for Dance of Eternal Rapture. And then again in for my fifth book, <laughs> which isn't released yet, uh, uh, Dancing with Angels in Heaven. And so that's, that's how I met Albert and that's how the adventure began. And, and that's how my books came about. And we're still dancing on it. We're still dancing. <laughs> That's good. Keep on dancing. Never forget, Karen. <laughs> Keep on dancing. You, you know, I have quizzed you uh, over the years. I've quizzed you so many times. I can't remember everything I've asked you. But I don't know if I've really asked you much about Albert. So I have asked you, after all these years, does he still appear as the homeless person? And you said, oh, yeah, every time. Does he still appear as the homeless person? Yeah, he does. And that's just, and, that, and he doesn't need to. I mean, he, he, he just chooses to do that. He did that initially because I was familiar with his homeless man figure. And so he just sort of out of habit, he just shows up as the, as the homeless man. As I've mentioned to you, maybe in the shows before, on the spirit side, our, our true nature is we're just like beings of energy. And so some people in the natural state are like a, a globe of energy, mm. pulsating energy. But people on souls on the spirit side can appear and often will appear in, in a, another form, like human form. And they'll often pick uh, the form of, of, a, of a life that they had in one of their lives on earth that they particularly enjoyed, you know, so the, it may have been, you know, including the, 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 the clothing and the costumes and everything else. And, and so they'll often appear in that frame uh, to, to show to other people, but they can change that whenever they want. And if they want to get tired of that human form, they can just go back into being a ball of energy, but obviously mm -hmm. for, he probably thought that if he if he just showed up as a ball of energy, I wouldn't be I wouldn't wasn't sure that it was him. Uh, you know, so he shows up as homeless man. Mm -hmm. And I love that he's the homeless man because it speaks to the oneness of all of us, you know, and it speaks to our prejudice as humans and how we see people as better or worse. And uh, and yet here's this homeless man looking man who has unbelievable exalted higher wisdom and ability and yeah you, know, you know it just sort of speaks to how we can not judge it sort of speaks to our judgments as humans i think yeah but when, when i asked him if uh, why he showed up as a homeless man and he said well because before he met me he said i was uh, and he was quite right he said i was an arrogant condescending uh stuffed shirt lawyer <laughs> uh, who would never pay any attention to the homeless people I mean, and he was right i mean i before when i'd see homeless people in the street i'd think to myself why don't you get a job like the rest of us, you bum, and quit living on the street? You know, that was my attitude. So he thought, I'm going to test this guy to see if he could come off his high horse and come down to my level and speak to me. Fortunately, I passed the test. Uh, <laughs> the rest is history, as they say. <laughs> you passed the test. But you two have known each other for eons of time. And have you ever sat down and really quizzed Albert about who he is, what he's done, has he had a human life, has he had lives on other planets, or is he only, you know, is he an archangel, like, is he just always in sort of energy form? Have you ever really quizzed him about who he is? Absolutely, and he's told me some things, but he won't tell me everything. Mm -hmm. He just says, you know, he doesn't truly reveal, like, are you an archangel? He won't say anything. Um, he, he, has, he has had a number of lives on Earth. In fact, he and I have had a couple of lives together before on Earth. Um, and so he has been there. He, he's, uh, I don't know if he's incarnated in other planets, but he has incarnated 
uh, into animals on earth before, before the, the human lives. And in my new book, there's a, he, he, he relates a funny story about his life as a, as a dog. <laughs> I won't go into any more details, but he, but it was really quite funny. Um, uh, and yeah, and so he, he doesn't really tell me everything. Uh, and I've asked him many times and he said, oh, you don't need to know that. And you'll figure it out when you get back over here, meaning back over there permanently, as opposed to a temporary astral trip. So he's pretty circumspect about what he tells me. And mm -hmm. I'm just used to that. With the infinite amount of uh, knowledge, stories, experiences available to us as spirit, as souls, um, and he's sharing things that, as I've said to you many times, Garnet, that have blown my mind. It's interesting that he's still editing, like he's like, oh, you don't need to know that. You and I remember you once spoke about going up to the Akashic Records. We call them the Akashic Records. I don't think they call them that in spirit. The the Hall of Knowledge, the Library of History, or whatever we want to call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he allowed you to have a look at a couple of your past lives. And, you know, go through the books, the the knowledge. Um, a little bit but you weren't allowed to look at all of it so again edited like humans aren't allowed to know everything and yet in this time on earth people like you garnet and all the other people i'm speaking to are bringing exalted wisdom and expansive awareness to us and yet we're still being edited we can't we can't know all of it yet well, part, yeah, part of the reason is because he, he doesn't think that we're ready for all the knowledge. It might be too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and in fact, he says, he often tells me when I ask him a question, uh, um, he'll say, I'll give you a brief answer, but I'm not going to give you the full answer because, um, you know, you, you're, he says to me, you're dealing with the limitations of your puny human mind. <laughs> and I, I don't want to give you too much information. You'd be overwhelmed and, and you won't be able to cope with it. So he sort of spoon feeds me bits of information here and there, which is fine. And then he said, well, when you get back to the spirit side, it'll all come back to you. So not yeah. that I'm in a rush to get back there, but it is a wonderful place. And I have, and, and, you know, so I'm certainly not afraid or concerned about uh, death because I know where I'm going. Yes. So, uh, you know, in the first book, you spoke about, um, you had a lot of questions about life on planet earth. Uh, you spoke a lot about religion, you know, what's, how does this religion fit in? And you sort of asked uh, Albert a few questions that that he answered and then in the second or third fourth books or even the fifth books it's all been about your astral adventures so do you want to speak about where you you know where you've been just briefly to give Vladdy an oversight and and people that haven't met you before I'm assuming that everybody knows you as well as I do but I'm sure there are people watching this that don't to give Vladdy an oversight of you know what the books are about Sure. Well, the, my very first trip to the spirit side, I went to uh, this lovely white city called Aglaia, which is just one of the cities in the spirit side. And uh, there it was amazing. Like the, I had a meeting with the Council of Wise Ones, which is the, the committee of very advanced souls whose job it is to oversee all the incarnations on earth. So their job is to, when, when a soul there says, yeah, I'd like to incarnate on planet earth, uh, they prepare a life plan and the council or one of the members will review the life plan to make sure that it's appropriate. It's not too ambitious or not too easy because the whole goal of every soul is to try to, uh, to learn and experience things to help their evolution as a soul. And so that's, so the council of wise ones is always there to give us a hand. Um, he, he's taken me to uh, a number of places on earth to show me some of the abuses that happen on our planet, abuses to other animals, to other people, which is just horrific when you, I mean, we, we live in relatively sheltered lives, 
we don't get to see this, but he showed me, uh, you know, the, the killing field in Africa where a bunch of elephants were slain and, and poachers killing, uh, you know, rhinoceros and, uh, uh, and, and a shark finning boat where the people are just hauling in one shark after another, cutting off their fins and throwing the shark overboard. Uh, so, so he really wanted me to open my eyes to what's happening on Earth. But other places in the universe, uh, I had a, a, a trip to a water planet called Proteus, where it, it's like Earth, except we're just covered in, in, in oceans. There's no land masses. Went underneath, had a conversation with a humpback whale and a dolphin. And they said that uh, the undersea world on their planet looked very familiar to the, the, the under ocean uh, scene on planet Earth. And they said because most of the sea life on planet Earth was seeded by ETs from Proteus. And so they took life from Proteus and plunked it down on our dear old planet. Um, and they stayed in contact with the whales and dolphins on Earth, uh, I mean, uh, by telepathy, even though that their planet was many light years away, but, but uh, uh, telepathy is virtually instantaneous. So there's no time lag. We're not limited in, in telepathy by the speed of light, as Einstein had told us. Um, so it was, and, and their message was that the whales and dolphins on Earth are tired of being abused by humans. And it's like time we stopped hunting and trapping them and catching them up in our fishing nets and everything else, or putting them in water parks so that uh, humans can gawk at them and, and clap at their silly tricks, you know? So they were, that, that was their message to me. Um, I also had some, uh, a, a couple of ET experiences, one to a planet called Xeron, where there was a, a, a race of really super intelligent creatures looked a bit like spiders. They lived underground in their city. They were very advanced. Their job was to monitor all the planets in our galaxy to find the ones that were capable of harboring life. And when they found one, they would notify the Galactic Council and they would send out somebody to check it out. And if it was in fact uh, uh, able to harbor life, then they would arrange for seeding of life from other planets to that planet. So, and that's how life began on earth was these guys figured out a long time ago that planet earth was capable of harboring life. So the ET seeded life on planet earth, starting with, with, uh, with, with simple structures uh, micro uh, uh, microcosms uh, and uh, and they um, and then they gradually moved on up until eventually they seeded uh, humans on, on planet Earth. So um, it's it's very fascinating. Um, the ETs, I, I, I got to go into uh, an ET spacecraft uh, orbiting our planet, uh, and there there I had a conversation with one of the residents there. They are from a very advanced race, many light years from Earth. Their job was to, they were there to monitor what's going on on Earth. They've been around for a long time. They're just one of the many races that have been monitoring Earth. So when people see UFOs, it's some of their spacecraft that they're allowing humans to see. And so they've been around for a long time. They're very benevolent. Um, there's no evil uh, races that have been visiting our planet. Uh, they're all benevolent. And um, they're all part of the Galactic Council, which is the uh, council that, uh, governs all super intelligent races in our, in our galaxy, all the ones who can travel between the stars. And, um, the, and, and so one of their jobs is to make sure that if there's a, there are some evil and barbaric races on some planets in our galaxy, uh, and they probably consider humans to be like that, um, but the, their job is to make sure that those, those people do not get uh, interstellar travel capability because they don't want the, the barbaric races to travel to other planets and, and, and wage war. So they sort of monitor that. And so they are watching what's happening on planet Earth. When we split the atom in World War II, um, th that really uh, sent off a notice to a lot of the other races who come trotting over to planet Earth to say, what are these humans doing if they've managed to split the atom? So we better be careful that they don't find out how to 
travel to other star systems and wage war. And so that's one of the things they're doing is, is, is watching us. But they're also very benevolent because they want to help us in our progress. Uh, and they have been doing it in very subtle ways. But they, there's a, they're subject to what they call the prime directive, like the prime directive on Star Trek, which is that they cannot unduly interfere with the development of an inferior race. And, and, and we are to them an inferior race. And so they can't sort of interfere unduly, but they send us telepathic messages with, uh, with um, uh, clues as to how we can uh, improve our technology, improve our way of life. But it's all sort of very subtle. It's not sort of, uh, you know, come down and here, here's the, 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 uh, the, 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 the solution to all your problems on a silver platter. So they, they just can't do that. Um, and uh, so anyway, those are a couple of ET encounters. I also had occasion to go to a couple of other human civilizations on different planets, really, really quite interesting. One was a matriarchal planet, was governed by women solely. So they're, they're humans like us. They were quite, quite more advanced than us, but they were governed solely by women. And they were very peaceful because the, the women said they resolved their differences um, uh, peacefully. Uh, and the men were all very docile and amicable because they were all chemically sterilized at the age of three. So that meant very low testosterone levels. So the men were just deferential and, and, and uh, docile. The women ruled the planet. Men couldn't hold jobs or have any position of, of authority. And, and the planet got along fine. Um, and I remember um, after I left that, and, and Albert took me there, and I, after I left that planet, I, uh, I said to Albert, Have, has this civilization ever visited planet Earth? And, and he said, no, they had not yet the capability to travel between the stars. And I said, thank God. I was afraid I'd have to rush back to Earth to warn the men, lest we all end up singing like the Vienna Boys Choir. Anyway, so they haven't been here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, that's one way to, to, to run a planet, I guess. I don't know. And uh, I always thought there should be some happy medium between our planet is pretty patriarchal, run mostly by men, as you all know, um, sometimes to the detriment of women. And some, some of our countries, the women are subjugated and abused, which is just totally wrong. Then he took me to another planet, which sort of had it, got it all together. It was very advanced human civilization. Um, they had uh, managed to, they discovered a long time ago that the, 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 the defect in humans that causes them to have, you know, out of control negative emotions like fear, anger, hate, uh, that causes all the conflicts and the genesis side and the murders and whatever else, they found that was a defective gene in the humans and they learned through genetic engineering and, and uh, selective breeding, they managed to breed that out of humans so that there was no negative emotions there. They had also learned to get rid of uh, all the diseases that we're uh, subject to. Um, and so the, the people there lived for several hundred years and, and they were all very happy. And men and women were actually very equal. Everything was very equal. So that was sort of the planet that had got it all together. It wasn't the matriarchal extreme or the patriarchal extreme like ours. They had gotten it all together. And so there's hope for us. And, 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 uh, and of course, what I said, <laughs> I said to, I said to the, one of the citizens there, I said, can, can you give me the secret? For this, uh, for how you uh, got rid of this defective gene, and they said, "Well, we could, but we won't." I mean, we because you guys have to figure that out for yourself. And so it's it's the old sort of uh, prime directive: you can't can't just hand all the solutions to those Earthlings on a silver platter. They have to figure it out for themselves. And so that was really too bad. The other interesting thing, the little side, was that this society 
had discovered a diet pill, which and I find this quite fascinating, a diet pill so that the people there could eat whatever they wanted to, as many desserts, as many cheeseburgers, as French fries, whatever they want, never gain an ounce of weight or, or, or develop high cholesterol. And so they, they just loved going out to restaurants, uh, eating and drinking, take a diet pill, didn't affect them at all. So, and that's one of the things I wanted to get. And again, they said, no, sorry, you're gonna have to figure that out for yourself. So. <laughs> Yeah, I want that diet pill. Yeah, I yeah. want that diet pill. I think there's a lot but... of people who like to have that. Um, so those are some of the uh, some of the adventures. I mean, I've, I've been taken to a, a parallel universe. Hang, uh, hang on, hang on. I want to I want to stay on this planet. I want to stay okay. on this planet, and then we'll go back into to more of what you've experienced. Okay. I want to stay here for a while. You know, because I was on Cat's show yesterday morning. Catman and Linda Coulterburge and Jillian. Uh, uh, there's three of them that host the show. And we were talking about creating a new reality, you know, for planet Earth. So what humans do is they look out into the world and they see the problems of the world and they, they worry about it and they talk about it and they focus on it. And then we keep, keep recreating it and recreating it and recreating it instead of focusing on and thinking about and putting energy into what you want to create. And so this planet, Garnet, is this example of who we can be as a human civilization and was, do you remember the name of the planet or the name of the civilization? Like, did the people on the planet call themselves humans? Um, didn't ask them that. They knew that they were the same race and species as we are. The planet was called Gamma. Um, it's many light years away. I mean, I'm sure that uh, who knows whether the astronomers on Earth can even see it or find it. But it was, uh, yeah, and they, they knew that, that, that we are their cousins, basically. We're the same species. And they knew what was going on on earth. And they just sort of shook their heads and said, you know, those guys, uh, we were there a long time ago and we've gone past that. And so hopefully these humans on earth can get to the same position, but they weren't going to give us any magic uh, bullet to, to get us there. So it was very interesting. It, it was a good thing to see that this is what can happen right. to us if we work at it. So it's, it's almost like it's, it's earth in the future it, it, on, a, on a positive timeline. Uh, you know, if we don't kill ourselves and with AI and control and drama and atomic, we don't blow ourselves up with atomic energy. It's it's a positive timeline of what Earth can be. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's definitely something that we can accomplish. We just have to work at it. Um, you know, and, and the, big, the big problem with our civilization is that we have too many people letting their negative emotions get out of control. And that causes all the conflicts and strife and everything else. And so the answer to, for us is to discard our negative emotions and fully embrace love, compassion, and forgiveness. And if we can all do that, I mean, that's way easier said than done, but that's, that's really the goal we have to, uh, we have to try to achieve. Yeah. Right. And you said that even though they had evolved their society and they had taken the, the uh, ritual of food with them, because as we evolve in, in consciousness and in, and in form, I'm not going to say human form, but in form, uh, we could evolve out of the um, necessity to eat food, but they, they actually love the whole social aspect and the ritual of food, but all the food was vegan, right? Oh, oh, oh yeah, no, it was all, it was all uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's all plant-based. Uh, and, and they said, look, we could, we could make the nutritious food in the form of a liquid, like a smoothie, and, and we can drink that and get all the things that we need. But they realized that, that humans do like to, enjoy food and drink and so on and so they said fine let's just uh, let's go ahead and, and eat this manufactured food from plants 
that we can enjoy and we take this diet pill and nothing affects us. And so that was their, they, they, yeah, they do like the social aspect of, of getting together to, to, to dine with people. Yeah, which I loved because, you know, as you think about uh, the human race evolving, you know, some have evolved into like the greys, like the body has become very simplified and uniform. Everyone's looking the same and then they evolve out of eating. There are some rituals of being human, like the social aspect of food and the creativity of cooking. And that would be nice to take into the future, I think, as long as the practices are sustainable and not cruel like they are on planet earth at the moment yeah and on that planet they clearly were because they were just uh, everything was plant-based so they did not kill their animals or eat their flesh or abuse them they were very respectful for the you know, the planets or the other animals in their planet very respectful to their planet itself didn't pollute it so it was just sort of like an idyllic society where everyone got along fine in harmony and they enjoyed what they'd like to enjoy which is you know, eating and drinking that's not all they did but they enjoyed that as, as part of a their nightly routine and uh and uh, they, they also had the capability of traveling to other stars. So they had actually been, you know, had observed our planet at, at one point and they'd gone to other places. And uh, uh, so it was a very peaceful, harmonic society, which was like, it was So they were, they were a space-based race. I'll say that fast five times, a space-based race. Yeah, they uh, could travel between the stars. Yeah. Did, what was their transportation? Like, did they have sort of car type, you know, car, how did they get around their planet? Did, you know, were there roads and, or what was they that had, like? They had, they had like sort of like flying cars and they flying had cars, flying cars. And, <laughs> yeah, they had, they had sort of modern, very ultra modern transportation on their planet. I didn't get to see what their spacecraft that traveled between the stars looked like, but they said they, they could travel. So I didn't get to see everything. I just got a, a, a little window glimpse of what the yeah what I the know was like. But they were all very the citizens were all very fit and trim. There wasn't an ounce of fat on anyone. They were all uh, you know physically fit and they all very happy and uh, and and they, they they had a great society. It was absolutely and men and women were equal. There was no hierarchy uh, it, among their citizens. There was no there was nobody got special privileges. So they were ruled by sort of a council elected by the people. But nobody got a bigger house or bigger car or bigger anything. You know, it was all, everyone got sort of the same thing. And they were quite happy with that. They didn't really care. They didn't have money. They didn't care about material possessions. Uh, it was... Uh, that, it was well, great. that was the next question. Did they have money? They didn't have money. Kristen's got a great question here. Let's. Um, are there varied ethnic groups like planet Earth? You mean on this, on this planet Gamma? That I'm on the planet of? Gamma, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, there's various kinds of different... Uh, uh, skin tones and hair color and everything is sort of like not, a, not much different than planet earth they had all kinds of variations you know brown black yellow you know whatever and white and, and so but but there was no discrimination there was no you know the color of your skin didn't make any difference to anyone there yeah and so i think that they sort of i'm not sure what their history was but obviously they had different uh, different uh, ethnic groups within their society and that was just fine yeah yeah, and Vladi, do you want to ask your question, Honeywon? Uh, yeah, did you spoke with some races which already use teleportation? Teleportation, Garnet. Oh, yeah, I don't know if they had it, um, but just a, a little teaser there. I did go to a parallel universe that I describe in my fifth book where the uh, Earth in a parallel universe had in fact developed teleportation. And you can read about all the details in my fifth book. 
Oh, so that's in the fifth book. You talk about teleportation. Yes. Beam me yeah. up, beam me up, Scotty, and that was on a. Scotty. In fact, that's that's the chapter the title for that chapter is "Beam Me Up, Scotty." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't remember when it was ages ago in a meditation or a reading. I can't remember. I was privy to me in another life being somebody that was involved in teleporting people, and I thought to myself, "Ooh, that now I understand my frustration." when I travel anywhere, how slow it is, you know, you've got to get in a car or you've got to get in a plane. And I thought, okay, somewhere in the cosmos, I'm involved in, or maybe I live in a place where, you know, I'm privy to that. I don't know. It's this veil of forgetfulness. Um, what do you say here, Lisha? When the shift occurs here on earth, new earth, things will certainly be propelled forward in a positive way. But you've been on so many podcast shows now, Garnet. And people are talking about the shift and some people are saying it's going to be some cataclysmic event or some high energy event. Did he speak about that? Yeah, there is going to be a, a, a high energy, a wave of high energy that's going to be uh, hitting earth. That's going to cause uh, or result in a lot of people uh, raising their vibrations up. And then what's happened then is, of course, they'll rise up to 5D earth or new earth. And so that's, that's coming. And, uh, he, he, of course, he won't give me a, a, a set date. He never does. It's, it's sort of like, you know, he just sort of says, yeah, it's coming. And, and when it comes, you'll know it. So a lot of people will, in that shift, will rise up to new earth. But there'll be a lot of people who, who aren't spiritually aware and have no desire to raise their vibrations or don't even know that that's a problem. They'll be left behind. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's not everyone's going, and uh, which is unfortunate. But then those people left behind, they're going to have to deal with with what's left behind and, uh, and, and, you know, when eventually their bodies uh, perish and their souls go back to the spirit side. So even though they may be left behind in the old earth, when they die, they still go back to the spirit side. And then they'll have to decide, should we reincarnate into the new earth or should we go back to uh, the old earth? Uh, you know, what do we want to do? But there's going to be lots of people left behind. It was an interesting, in one of my uh, astral travels, I met with a lady who had, uh, who had made the ascension to the, uh, to the new earth. Mm. Um, and she had, it was a tragic story. She had been happily married and she, um, and one day a, a drunk driver killed her husband and her two children, T-boned them in an intersection. And so she spiraled down into the depths of despair, contemplated suicide. Finally, somebody told her, well, why don't you just go to an ashram in India and see if they can help you? So she did nothing, nothing to lose. And they, and there she learned how to meditate and she got really deep into it. And, and, uh, and, and eventually she learned to forgive the, the, the driver who killed her family. And then she forgave God for letting it happen. And then one day she was in deep meditation. She came out of the meditation and she had popped up to the new earth and she was in a totally different place. And so she had then, when she had left her soul, left the new earth, she came back to spirit side and I had a conversation with her. And I said to her, so uh, if you choose to reincarnate, are you going to reincarnate back on the new earth? Because it's such a better place. She says, well, it's a wonderful place. She said, but I'm going to incarnate back on the old earth so I can help people there make the shift and raise their vibration. So there was somebody who wanted to come back to our old earth just to help the people there. So, so it, it, it's, it's hard to say what, what will happen to the souls who leave, but there will be a whole bunch of people who will be um, left behind. And unfortunately, because those people are the ones who are most likely to let their negative emotions get out of control, then it's going to be... It's not going to be a lot of fun on this planet. When, the, when, the, when the, the spiritually enlightened people raise their vibrations and leave, what's left behind is not going to be a pretty sight. But 
Anyway, oh, so let's just hope that we can all get on the on the shift to the new earth. Well, that's really interesting because there's been a couple of narratives that the old earth will be destroyed and then everyone will die and then people that don't uh, ascend will come back onto another planet that will be dense like in still in 3D and the people that have done the consciousness work will, you know, ascend with planet earth. You know, there's been a few stories going on. So you're saying that Albert says... The new earth exists in time and space now and there's a population of people living there in 5D and some people, I, I don't even know what the percentage is, but the, some people, uh, um, humans that are experiencing life on 3D earth at the moment will shift when this energy wave hits, will shift and find themselves in a new earth like the lady did that was meditating in the ashram. Is, is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. The, the, and and the, 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 this wave of energy will affect, mainly affect the people who are spiritually in, in, in enlightened right now. I mean, the people who are really, who understand the problem with humanity, who understand that negative emotions are, are the, the problem on earth and who, are, who really want to try to change things. So those people are going to be the ones who are going to make the shift. The, the ones, the other people will be left behind. If it gets really bad, uh, it's possible that, that Gaia can just decide to heck with you guys, I'm going to wipe you out, start right. over. She's right. capable of doing that. I don't know. He didn't say whether that would happen or not. But 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 so, you know, it, it, if it gets really bad after the good guys go back to 5D Earth, uh, she may do that. Um, so he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't disclose whether that would happen or not. But that is possible. Gaia can really wipe off all humans on this planet if she chooses to do so. And, right. and, she, and she's very frustrated right now with, with what humans are doing in terms of abusing mother earth with our pollution abusing the other animals on the planet abusing one another and, and she doesn't understand that and she really wants us to change our ways uh but she has the ultimate weapon which she doesn't want to use which is to just get rid of us and yeah. so let's hope we have to do that or let's hope that we're all in 5d earth before that happens well that's a <clears throat> excuse me that's another probable timeline isn't it so there are there are a variety of timelines out there future probable timelines where uh, planet Earth will descend into more darkness, and maybe there's you know robots controlling us, and you know like Hollywood has depicted so many times, or the Mad Max sort of scenario where the Earth has been destroyed, and there's a handful of people left on the population that are all you know struggling to survive, and they're sort of killing each other over you know meager whatever you know food and stuff like that, and then there is another scenario where mother guy says i got to shake these fleas off they're just destroying my body and they she wipes off everybody and then her body rejuvenates back into a a paradise an eden paradise where there is no humans or maybe even animal life for a time and starts yet so there's a few probable futures out there yeah, yeah, exactly and and um, and as, as a guy has said you know before humans uh, way back when humans didn't really cause any problem. I mean, when the Stone Age, I mean, we had a campfire here and there. We didn't really pollute anything. After the Industrial Revolution, we really had the capability to really pollute our planet, and we've been doing so. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of movements now to sort of curtail that, but Gaia says we have to get better at that because, uh, you know, if we go on, a, on, the, on the current path that we're on, it's going to end badly for us, and, and that's sort of a, a veiled threat. But anyway, <clears throat> hopefully that doesn't happen. I, I, you know, if, if I manage to get beyond the shift to go to the new earth, I'm not going to, you know, I, I wish the people left behind, I wish them well, and I wish that they could uh, eventually get there themselves, but I understand that uh, a lot of them just aren't going to make it.
Yeah, which is a choice point too. I mean, we're given, so with people like you, Garnet, and many of the people I speak to on the shows and the people that I don't speak to on the shows, there's like millions, hundreds of thousands, there's millions of people out there, you, you know, here to spread knowledge, to teach us about what's possible as a human, like what's possible, human potential. And so there's knowledge there that we can take it if we want to. And then there are people that are not taking it and not listening <clears throat> and continuing to hate each other and fight each other and be violent and all that sort of stuff but that's a choice isn't it and and their soul is making as well because everyone has a higher self and a team of spirit guides that are helping them while they income while they live out their human lives and they have the ability to tap in and tune in and listen to that guidance which is always available and always being given to every single person on the planet it's not like we're special it's like everyone's receiving guidance from higher dimensions and so there's a choice to evolve or not and it's not right or wrong or good or bad it's just a choice that you can make and like you say so many times once we're finished and we extract our consciousness from this world and we return to the spirit side you know we're better for the experience whether it's been a horrific experience or a fun experience we've evolved because of the experience right Absolutely. Yeah. Every life on earth, whether it's a, what we call a good life or a really evil life, we learn something from everyone. We get back to the spirit side, then we have our life review and we go over our past life, the most recent life in, in, in detail. And then we can realize, okay, well, this is where I went off course and this is what I shouldn't have done. And, and here's why I did some good things. So, and then you try to remember that for the next one. So it's really a, you know, you, you get back to the spirit side and you can, you have a choice. You can say, do I want to incarnate back on on planet earth. And of course the choice would be uh, old earth or new earth. Um, or do I want to go to a different planet in a different life form? Or do I just want to hang around in the spirit side and listen to harp music? I mean, it's just our choice. <laughs> I know there's infinite choices available to us. I mean, yeah, we're just the infinite choices. Okay. This- What's the difference between the coming 5d new earth and the new earth you have visited? I mean, the, the new earth that I visited, I describe in, in my books, it's the same as where the 5D earth that people here are going to go to. So this, there's just a, it's the same thing. And, and, and uh, it's it just a matter of, uh, it's, it's, it, it's the same time frame. It's not a future event. It exists right now simultaneously, but at a much higher vibration dimension. And so how we get there basically is that we have to increase our vibrations to match those of the new earth. And when you so interesting. to match that level of the new earth, you just pop up. It's just like uh, Albert said, it's like if you hold a cork underwater, let it go, it just pops up to the surface. Well, that's what we will do when we get our vibrations up there high enough. And so that's really the goal that we have to, have to try to achieve. Wow. It's so interesting because we discuss, you know, that we're creating a new earth, that the light weavers, the light workers here are, are creating a new earth as if it doesn't already exist and we're creating it, right? But what you're saying is, well, everything exists in time and space because there's no linear time and space. But what you're saying is, well, we're not creating it, we're aligning to it. We're resonating. So once we reach a frequent, a resonance, a vibrational resonance that matches that frequency of 5D, then we're there. So that's exactly how it works. And it sounds very simple, not so easy to achieve because we, you know, we all have different vibrational rates and, and, and to, it's not easy to, to get the vibration rate up there. We have to quit, get rid of our negative emotions, discard them, stifle them entirely. 
And that's not easy. We're human beings. You know, if somebody cuts you off in traffic, the reaction is one of anger and, you know, flipping the bird or whatever, you know, and, and, and we have to catch ourselves from doing this. I mean, but that's, that's, a, that's a simple example. I mean, uh, we have to stop, uh, you know, treating other people uh, with, with uh, distrust or hate, people with a different skin color, speak a different language, have a different religion, whatever, w dress differently. We have to sort of stop judging them and stop uh, feeling a, a mistrust because they're not like us. And, and so all those things keep our vibrations down. And when, mm -hmm. once we sort of get rid of all that and fully embrace love and compassion, then our vibrations just rise up. Right. So here's a question you may or may not be able to answer. There are people that are living in this 3D world that have already resonated to the frequency of 5D that live like that, that are love light, and yet they're not popping up to 5D Earth. How does that work? I, I don't know. I have, I have not heard of that. Um, it, it's, so I, I don't know. It, it may be possible for people on the, the new earth to actually come down and manifest themselves on the old earth. I, I never got into that at all, but, but I do know that, that, that once your vibration rate matches that a new earth, up you go. And, and uh, so I haven't talked to Albert about that. Um, you, you know, if, if you're living on the new earth, you really wouldn't want to come back to our, our, our earth. I mean, well, you... you well, you would, just like your uh, character in yeah, the book. What was her I, name? Because you come back you. as a teacher. You come back as a helper. Yeah. You're right. Um, right. That's not something I got into with Albert, but I think right. it's entirely possible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ooh, so good. <laughs> That's fascinating. Thank you for answering, uh, asking those questions, Kristen, because that was a question I wanted to pose. And I said on one of the shows that I wanted to ask you if you had the ability to astral travel at will like if you because so many people do they can sit on the couch and meditate and just pop out of their body and I remember speaking to Kevin Briggs he used to do it as a kid on the bus he used to just pop out of his body when he's on the bus to school and fly behind the bus and like look <laughs> like he could just do it at will so you can't do that um, no, no I, I have I know lots of people can do that they, they can mm -hmm. pop out and do it and do an out-of-body experience um, I haven't I haven't really tried because when Albert comes, he just does it for me. Right. And so, but I, so I haven't been able to do it on my own. Uh, I know lots of people can. I wished I could. On the other hand, I'm not sure, you know, the way it works with Albert, uh, it's, it's nice to have a, a tour guide when you're out of body, <laughs> somebody you trust that you don't have to worry about. I heard some people say, you know, you're out of body and they're kind of concerned, like, will I ever get back into my body? You know, am I going to be lost out here? Uh, well, when I'm with Albert, there's no question about it. I know he takes me out. He brings me back puts me back in my physical body and and I'm safe yeah he's your little guardian angel even though he won't tell you if he's an angel or not <laughs> uh, there's some good I questions we'll here. ask uh, we'll go to Sarah's question because she asked it ages ago about what Albert has said about what's happening now on planet earth has he made any comments about it yeah he's made a few comments first of all in terms of the uh, the ETs and UFOs He's saying that, that I think I said before in your shows is that these ETs have, have de decided way back when to not make full and open disclosure to humans because they didn't think that we were ready to accept it. And what they didn't want to do is cause riots and chaos and disruptions in our lives by suddenly showing up and having a UFO drop down on the, on the lawn of the White House. So they've been doing this very carefully. And, and, and you may have noticed everyone in the last while, there's been more and more disclosure about UFOs. People are seeing more of them. Mm -hmm. You're getting some of the, the, the U.S. Uh, Navy tapes that are being released. 
you know, before governments, when, when, when people would raise these things, they'd say, oh, that's, that's a weather balloon or it's a natural phenomenon. Now there's, they, they stopped the sort of the, the vehement denials. They're slowly br bringing us into awareness that there are uh, UFOs, there are ET vehicles. They won't sort of admit what they are yet, but, but they're getting us, they're priming us. They're getting us ready for the full disclosure. That will come, it'll be unraveled slowly. And at some point we'll have a full and open disclosure with, with the ETs or with some of them anyway. And so that's what's happening. And so he, he said, that's why you're seeing so many more stories about peeping, people seeing UFOs and, 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 and government and, you know, people that, you know, the, the, uh, the Israeli scientist who spoke up recently about, uh, about uh, UFOs and there's other people and former president Obama has hinted at UFOs. And uh, so it's all slowly coming out. And of course, these ET races have had contact with governments on our planet, US government for sure. I don't know how many others, but, but, but so the very top people in US government, like the president and I don't know who else, they all know about the ETs and they're aware of them and they're aware of the plan to slowly roll this out. Um, and so that's just part of the plan. The other thing he's told us about what's happening on planet Earth, of course, as you're all aware, is the pandemic. Well, he said that uh, the pandemic was deliberately released by Gaia. And what she wanted to do was to have a circuit breaker for humanity because we were just going off on a tangent and we're you know, dealing with the, the frenzy of our lives with trying to earn money and, and acquire material goods and, and acquire you know, property and for countries to try to acquire other countries and you know the whole thing that we're into. She wanted us to have a circuit breaker where we go on pause, we'd be locked down for a while and we could spend some time doing some navel gazing about who we are and what we're doing. And one of the things was that during the last spring, during the first lockdown, a lot of people noticed that there was a whole lot less pollution in our mm. planet. Like the, the, the sky over Los Angeles was not as smoggy. Um, people, somebody said in, in Cairo for the first time in years, from Cairo, you could see the pyramids. Be before that, it was always too smoggy. Um, you know, there, somebody mentioned that the, the, the canals in Venice were so clear that people could see dolphins swimming in it. So she wanted us to see, look, humans, this is what can happen if you stop polluting so much. So she wanted us to have a, a pause um, and she wanted us to have a reset. And hopefully the, the pandemic will cause the reset. And I, and I think it's working already. I think more and more people, people are working from home. So those people don't have to commute. They're not burning fossil fuel, getting to work. Uh, people are traveling less and people are starting to realize, hey, this is maybe not a bad thing and that we need to sort of set off on a new course. So, so pandemic was delivered by Gaia. She wasn't trying to kill everyone. She knew that the, the number of people would die, but she really wanted to wake us up. Uh, hopefully that has worked. Um, and okay. of course she has, she has developed, uh, and she's also allowed the vaccine to develop. Albert says for those people, including you, <laughs> Karen, the vaccine is the way for humanity to get out of the pandemic. Wow. Yeah. But I know people shaking their head. This is not a narrative that I'm, uh, that I'm uh, buying into. I've been think I've been looking into vaccines for over 30 years and I've never seen that as a way forward in our health ever. Uh, and um, I think that we have a perfectly good immune system that if we allow it, it will do its job really, really well. And um, careful, Karen, because because Albert is listening and he might uh, send a bolt of lightning to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Albert. <laughs> well, now that's really interesting because so many people in the conscious community are um, uh, have my point of view, and it's so interesting to hear your point of view, the different point of view. Uh, so when you say Gaia released the 
guy released the um, the virus, what I'm seeing is that Gaia allowed the virus to be released because it was, because Gaia in herself doesn't necessarily make viruses that is going to wipe off her children. I don't think that would be something that would be an intentional thing that Mother Gaia would do. Like, let's just kill a whole lot of humans. Uh, um, well, I suppose she could do it if we're polluting the place, but 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 humans can do that. Like humans have that sort of more nefarious mindset where they they tinker with chemicals and they're sort of trying, you know, in their science, they're trying to sort of create weapons of destruction and, you know, warfare. They're always looking at, at, at ways to kill, you know, humans are always developing weapons to kill each other, whether they're machine guns or virus weapons or so maybe she just allowed that weaponry to be released knowing it would have beneficial effects. Um, well, as far as uh, whatever has told me was that it wasn't developed by men, it wasn't developed by humans, it was a natural thing. And she did allow it to be released. She could have just killed it in its, in its tracks. But, but for the reasons I stated, she allowed it to get out among humans, but it was not developed in a human lab anywhere. Despite, I know a lot of people think it was, Albert says, no, it wasn't. So okay, so the but, or whatever it doesn't matter. It's up to you. So the narrative that the vaccines being developed um, to like control the human race and that it's an experimental drug that is making people really sick, and it has nanobots in it. Has Albert sort of said anything about that? Yeah, he says that's nonsense. There's no nanobots. Uh, you know, Bill Gates is not behind this, uh, and there's no microchips in the vaccine. Okay, interesting. And how does he explain people that are actually dying from the vaccines? Because there's a lot of evidence of that coming out. Well, people are going to die naturally anyway. So, I mean, somebody has, you know, the, the media will say, you have so many people who have vaccinated have died. Well, those people would have died anyway. I True. mean, people are dying all the time around the world. Mm. And, and to sort of say it was caused by the vaccine is not really truthful. I mean, it, it makes sort of a nice news story, but it's not, the vaccines aren't, aren't killing people. Um, there, you know, those people are going to die anyway. Um, so it's that, not a. There was an Indian actor uh, that was very pro-vaccine, and he was very outspoken. He had millions of followers in India, and he went on television and had his vaccine publicly. It was broadcast all over India, and he was telling people, "Get your vaccine, get your vaccine. I'm getting my vaccine." And he was inoculated live on television, and two weeks later, he was dead. Yeah, so, but that doesn't mean the vaccine caused his death, though. Karen, that's the thing. It doesn't mean that there's a, you know, it, it seems like because it's two weeks later that the vaccine caused it, he could have been dying. If he hadn't taken the vaccine, he could have died in two weeks anyway. I mean, well, this so, is true because I remember you said, and it's the same with the coronavirus too. So are people dying from the coronavirus or are they dying because it's their time to die? Because I remember the very first show that we had and I asked you this question with all the amazing things that you've experienced uh, with Albert, what's the thing that, um, has been the most outstanding that's really blown your mind. And you said to me back then that we all die, uh, you know, when, when we choose to die. You said, did you yes. want to talk about that? Yeah. I mean, the, the, that, that was really astounding to me is that Albert said that humans die when their souls are ready to leave the incarnation. Right. And souls, when we, before we incarnate, we prepare this life plan that we usually include, you know, a number of exit points. Right. And, and before you're incarnating, you're not sure which one you're going to use. You know, it's going to be the first one or the fifth one or whatever. And you can change these as you go along. Um, but so our souls decide when to leave. And 
it, it, we could leave by getting a terminal disease, catching the coronavirus, dying in a car accident or whatever. But we all, we, we all our souls uh, choose when we're going to leave. Um, and our human minds aren't aware of that. Of course, obviously, for obvious reasons, it would be too distressful. So no one dies by accident. So even if a plane with 300 people on board crashes and everyone's killed, that wasn't an accident. All of the souls from every one of those people decided that that was the way they were going to exit this life. Right. So, that, so, so that's comforting, except it's not really because I have no idea what my soul has planned for me. Uh, and, and so I don't know when I'm going to die. And actually, it's a good thing because I, I really wouldn't want to know that. But it's comforting to know that, that we exit, our souls exit when they're ready to go. Yeah. And, and, and then once you decide it's time to go, they'll say, okay, I'm going to take this exit point. If they're not ready to go and they want to learn some more, they'll say, okay, I'm going to pass on that exit point uh, and I'll move on to the next one. So, yeah, every our souls decide when they want to leave. Right. That's yeah. That's what she was planning to do. Yeah. And, and she's not only, I mean, she does a number of things. I mean, it's not just the, the, the virus. She uh, can control to a large degree, the natural disasters that happen on our planet, like uh, earthquakes and tornadoes and hurricanes and wildfires and that sort of thing. And, and she's been increasing the number and intensity of those over the last while, as you probably know. I mean, there's wildfires in, in Australia, California, uh, you know, earthquakes, floods, whatever. Uh, and, and so she's, that's, that's the other way she's trying to wake us up is by increasing these natural disasters so that we say, oh, we're in the middle of climate change, we better do something about it. And the big thing, of course, we have to do about it is to stop polluting the environment, cut back on our CO2 emissions. And that's what she's trying to send the message to us. And so she could, she could make the natural disasters even worse. But she's, so she's working on two fronts, natural disasters and the virus. God knows what she's going to do next if we don't wake up. But hopefully, hopefully we'll all be in 5D Earth before that happens. Yeah. Okay. So I, 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 here we go. I've got some questions around this. So if she released the virus, because interestingly enough, I understand that everything that has been happening that's been traumatic on planet Earth over the last year or so has been for the benefit of the evolution of human consciousness and um, for the ascension process, because as many people who know that watch my shows, so many people and read the books that I put out have awakened through trauma in their lives, whether it's been the death of a loved one or their own death, a near-death experience or a sickness or a divorce. So as they experience trauma, they start asking different questions and they start cleaning up their own. They start looking at themselves. How am I responsible for this? What, how can I feel better? And there is this mass awakening and it usually is through trauma. And so as trauma has been increased on the planet, there are many more people awakening. If they're not dying, they're awakening. <laughs> But at the same time, we have to take responsibility for our own health, which a lot of humans don't do. With our diets, with the pollution that we have, there's not only tech, you know, there's pollution from our cars and factories and there's pollution from radiation. And so it is a wake-up call. We need to take responsibility and we can't have a magic jab that's going to make it all go away. So the jab doesn't fit with this whole story like if we just like take a vaccine and then we go back to life as normal we haven't really woken up to living differently on planet earth right well, well the, yeah it, it, to a large degree you're right but th there's a hope that some people enough people during the, the the pandemic will realize that we have to do a reset um and and that, that we'll try to work towards that you're not going to get everyone I mean, this, the, the people, like you say, the, the vaccine will take care of the, uh, the virus. 
and a lot of people go back to doing what they did before. And you just can't help that. But the, the goal is to try to get a few more people, uh, you know, spiritually enlightened, understand what's going on, and try to change things. And so that's uh, so it's not it's not going it's not a magic bullet. It's not going to happen overnight. But it's a step towards uh, maintaining that goal or getting that goal. Mm. So interesting. So interesting. Yeah, yeah, you have to be very brave soul to take on that kind of a life. And and and, and there are people. I remember when Albert first told me that we choose our lives, and I'm thinking you know, why would somebody choose to be a, a blind beggar in Calcutta or somebody who's a paraplegic or whatever? He said, well, they have good reasons for it. You, you won't understand that, but they have good reasons for doing that. They're to learn some lessons themselves, help other people around them. Um, and, and that just, you know, they're very brave souls. In fact, he said, all humans should uh, pat themselves on the back for being so courageous as to come to the earth school, which is really a tough school. It's really, a, it, he said, one of the most difficult ones in the universe. So we're here, we're very courageous. We don't understand why we came here. I'm sure a lot of people were saying, why did I come here? And I'm not ever coming back to this hellhole. But he says, when you're on the spirit side, much different perspective. So that the people saying, there's no way I'm coming back. When you get back to the spirit side, you'll have a very different point of view. And that, in fact, you'll probably say, oh, yeah, well, I'll come back. You see, a lifetime on Earth, say, of 80 years seems like a long time for us. On the, uh, because there's no linear time, it's an illusion here. On the spirit side, 80 years of, life, of human life is like a blink of an eye. So it's sort of like, here I am, I'm gonna take a very short adventure to learn some things on planet Earth, I'll be back here before you can you know, turn around. And so very different perspective. And, and one of the funny things that happened to me was when I was uh, speaking at one conference and I was telling them how Albert told me that I could choose, I could choose my own life and I said, well, Albert, I could choose my own life why didn't I choose to be Prince Charles and a lady in the audience stood up and she said you wouldn't want to be Prince Charles because then you'd have to put up with Camilla <laughs> sorry I have nothing against Camilla but that's just what this lady said and we choose the, the the lessons and the hardships we want to go through <laughs> and and, uh, and it's not it's not etched in stone. Like, as you know, once you, you do a life plan, once you get here, you don't remember what's in your life plan. You have free will to act. And so, you know, things just change. You don't follow it precisely. Uh, and that's just one of the challenges from being here. So in any event, are you okay, Karen? <laughs> your sense of humor has increased. The first time I spoke with you, he was so serious. And each time I speak with you, your sense of humor gets more and more. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh God, you crack. Worse as I go. It, yeah. It, it's worse, yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to get into the next book and uh, what you're covering. Do you want to give us an overview of the topics that you're covering in book number five? Sure. Well, one of the, the first things in the book is that I, uh, on one of my trips to Albert Takes Me to Spirit Side, is that I got to sit in on an orientation class for souls who were contemplating incarnating on Earth but had not yet done so. Uh -huh. So this was sort of like it's in, the, in the amphitheater in Aglaia. And so all these souls are they're, they're getting basically lectures from Albert and uh, Sophia, who is the chair of the Council of Wise Ones. I got to sit on this. It was very interesting. And it kind of goes over the whole thing like, where did this all start? Where did the source come from? Who created the universe? And we go all through all the things, uh, you know, about souls are individual aspects of the source. And that, you know, why do we incarnate? Uh, how do we incarnate? What do we do before that? What happens on, with life on earth? 
you know, is, is does the source govern things? Does the source make rules? No, you know, are we are we judged after we die? Where do we go after we die? Sort of the whole the whole details of the cycle of reincarnation. A lot of this has been in bits and pieces in my other books, but this is sort of like bringing it all together. So that was a very interesting part of it. Um, and then I got to see uh, some interesting, talk to some interesting people. Like you mentioned, um, Albert Einstein, but have a conversation with him. Uh, very interesting. I'm not going to tell you what he said, uh, but he, <laughs> it's in the book, <laughs> but he's a very interesting guy, you know, and Al Albert Einstein was, was one, one of the quotes I, my favorite quotes from him was that he said, he said, and you mentioned this before, um, Karen, he said that life on earth is an illusion, but it's a very persistent illusion. <laughs> so for us, it's, 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 that's all there is, is this, this planet earth. It doesn't seem like an illusion. Anyway, so Albert Einstein was an interesting guy. I got to have a conversation, this may seem goofy to you, but I, with Marie Antoinette. The other interesting person I met was uh, uh, Mother Teresa, mm -hmm. also known as St. Teresa, by the Catholic, canonized by the Catholic Church. So she had some interesting perspectives on it. And one of the things she said was, you know, this saint business is a bunch of nonsense. She said, you know, that's just a, a, an ancient relic of the Catholic religion. And she says, you know, I'm not a saint, uh, but if I am a saint, then so is everyone else, you know. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, anyway, so very interesting conversation. I met a, 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 an alien on another planet who was in the form of a reptile, sort of looked like an alligator. Interesting on this planet, they didn't abuse their planet, didn't uh, abuse other animals, and they got all of their sustenance from their star. So they just, they had to develop a system where the, the starlight, basically they converted that into uh, energy that they could use in their bodies. And so they didn't need to eat or drink. They just got all their energy from the sun. So it was very, very interesting. Very yeah. benevolent. Yeah, they had a very nice society, but they were reptiles. I mean, it looked like an alligator. And then the, one of the most interesting things was, uh, well, second most interesting was that he, he took me to um, Earth in a parallel universe. And there they had had the virus, uh, coronavirus pandemic like we did, uh -huh. uh, but just a few years earlier, and they managed to conquer it. And then as a result of that, they learned how to teleport teleport things, teleport people, oh, wow. very interesting. And so there, they didn't have cars running all over the place, people didn't fly. If you wanted to go from city A to city B, you went into a little teleportation booth, pressed in your destination, pressed go, and you ended up at the other place. And so, and so because of that, there was really not much pollution at all. So it was really a, a fascinating sort of earth in a parallel universe. And so maybe one day we can get there as well. And then the final sort of chapter is, uh, I had a conversation, I got to sit in the conversation that Jesus, Moses, and Mohammed had with Sophia. And the topic was humans on earth need another, a, a, a new enlightenment. They need another Messiah to go back to earth to kick them up uh, the, <laughs> the, the spiritual plane. And so these guys are having a conversation. I won't go into the details, but the, the end result was they agreed that one of them, and they all, they all volunteered to do this, but they agreed that one of them would come back to earth as a new messiah but albert said he, he wouldn't tell me whether when that was going to happen or who it would be uh he said that's just a mystery but anyway maybe there's help on the way karen because one of these guys is going to come back and try to change things for us on on, on on earth well when i spoke to belinda womack on the show who speaks to the archangel she said that at this time during this great transition that all the masters are back they're all back incarnated they've they've sent a 
uh, a section of their consciousness into human form to be teachers and um, and that all the archangels have incarnated into human form too so that there is mass help on this planet um, of people and consciousness streams of consciousness incarnating into human form to be teachers to be human so that they're relatable and they're living their human lives and they're having their human problems but they know how to overcome them and then they teach people how to overcome their negative emotions and that all the masters are here this is what the archangel said to belinda so it's not like we're without messiahs or help so i don't know and i hadn't heard that but i i i think that's that's certainly possible that 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 is happening but i think with these three guys sort of the these are very famous masters. I think what they were saying is that, that despite the fact that there are other masters maybe on earth, that they were going to be sort of the, the real uh, change, you know, that really helped to, to, to galvanize the change in humans. And so that was, uh, you know, and not to say like one master isn't better than another, but yeah. these three, I think, were very famous uh, in engendering their their religions are yeah. moving along. Yeah. Inspired religion. And so it was, who was it? Buddha, Jesus, Muhammad, right? Uh, Jesus, Muhammad, and Moses. Oh, Moses, not Buddha. So you've spoken to all of them in various books, but the only other master that in that uh, initiated, ignited a, a religion is Krishna. You haven't spoken to the Krishna, have you? Yet? No, I have not. Yet. Book no, six. Yet. Yeah, and, and maybe I will. Yeah. Um, Albert has his own agenda, and I, so I don't really question who he introduces me to. Mm. I mean, there's lots of people that I'd like to talk to, mm. but I sort of follow along with Albert, and so... He may have his own reasons. I don't know, but eventually, maybe someday I will. And if I don't during this lifetime, I'll be able to talk to them when I get back to the spirit side. <laughs> yeah, well, we would we'll say, will you write that in books through somebody else? You'll be right. <laughs> no, I don't know, but I'd like to. Yeah, like to <laughs> you'll, you'll be inspiring another little, you know, flesh suit, a, a consciousness, and a flesh suit, and a human body to be keep writing some books. Uh, so this, okay. So from the sounds of things, I know that Albert hasn't given you a time frame, but from the sounds of things, there's a lot more life to unfold if people are, if masters are going to reincarnate back on planet Earth before there is this massive shift from, you know, the, the energy wave that's going to shift to the 5D. So there's, I'm feeling like this is not going to happen in my lifetime or your lifetime, Garnet. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't uh, answer that because I don't know. He, I mean, maybe it happens in three years from now. Maybe it doesn't happen until we're, we're gone. Don't know. I, you know, I pressed him and he just said, I'm not going to tell you that. Um, so Thank you so to... much. Thank you so much for being on with us in this, in the Inner Sanctum. It's been just incredibly fantastic and magnificent. Thank you. Well, th thank you for inviting me. It's always a delight. And thanks to everyone who's tuned in today. And uh, hopefully we can all work together to make our, our world a better place to live. Well, you know, I'll have you back. I'll probably have you back again next year. Okay. <laughs> Once the book comes yeah. out, we read it all. Yeah, I look forward to it. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you so Thank much. You. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Nice to meet you. Thank you for your time. Take care. Thank you. Big love, Garnet. Thanks so much. Thank you. Have a great night, evening, afternoon, whatever it is for you. Thanks for joining. Thank Bye. you. Thanks, Karen. Also. Thanks, darling.